Sister Bredring. It's a pleasure being here once again. And today, I would like to speak about you can be prosperous and have good success too. It's entirely up to you. So, all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. So, I'll start, brethren. So, in our previous discussions or in my previous segments, we saw that God has absolutely no pleasure in one being sick or poor. On the other hand, we know that his delight in us is heightened whenever we walk in close fellowship with him and have victory over sin, sickness, and poverty. So today, I shall attempt to address in general terms the steps that one must walk in in order to access God's promised blessings. For this exercise, brethren, let us now consider the life of Abraham, our father of faith. So one can turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29 and read on your own time, right? But it makes mention of calling Abraham our father of faith. We all know that God calls him from all of the Chaldees out of a life of idolatry, as we read in Joshua chapter 24, verse 2. He obeyed, left Ur, and walked with the Lord. At the end of his life, the following was written of him. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So that's Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. Now, evidence of some of, open inverted commas, the all things, close inverted commas, in which the Lord had blessed Abraham, can be gleaned from the following text. And that text is Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 to 2. And verse 1 states, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Verse 2, And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So I just read from Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 to 2. Brethren, a question is in order. And the question is, what was the secret of Abraham's blessings? The following should give us an insight into the secret that allowed Abraham to access God's blessings. And I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, which states, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. So that's Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. So the scripture says it all. 
from it we learn that abraham's blessings were not automatic with his call instead they accrued to him as a direct result of his willingness to subject himself and his household to keeping the way of the lord from this scripture therefore we know that the secret of our success lies in us knowing the way of the lord and in our willingness to walk therein please note that i did not say that the secret of our success of our success lies in knowing the way of your particular denomination and abiding therein for all religious denominations change over time and so do their doctrines now if what i have just shared today is true evidence of sin should be documented in both the old and new testaments with this you all must agree with me brethren the amount of evidence that exists is so ever is so overwhelming right so rather than share a few segments or have discussions through scriptures in a bible if we were to deal adequately with an issue as this one is under review the scope of what holds in the bible and what my segment is rather short would not allow for such detailed treatments i humbly entreat you to examine carefully the highlights that are hereafter advanced and time scenes from abraham to joshua more than 400 years elapsed by that time god's people had left egypt but were not yet in their promised land moses had died and the reins of leadership fell on the shoulders of joshua this transition is clearly recorded in the book of joshua chapter one where god repeats to the children of israel his former promise to give them the land of canaan meaning the palestine for an everlasting possession so one can read joshua chapter one verses one to four as confirmation brethren integral to god's commission to joshua to lead his people over Jordan and into their God-given position was the God-ordained the secret of prosperity and true success. This secret, brethren, is surely a magnification of Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, which was already quoted in an earlier part of this segment, when my segments, right? After reminding joshua to be strong and very courageous since he had to divide the land which he had given them to inherit he clearly explains to him the prerequisite of prosperity and good success to this end he said in joshua chapter 1 verse 7 only be thou strong and very courageous 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And to ensure that Joshua did not end up being just a hearer and even a preacher only, God simplified the scripture shared even further for Joshua when he said in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So I just read from Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. So the formula shared today, brethren, was repeated to all successive generations of Israelites as a prerequisite for them to access the blessings of God. Now, if you have the slightest doubt about the truthfulness of this statement, it can be easily verified by reading God's indictment of the Israelites in Malachi chapters 1 through 3. Then reread verses 7 to 11 of chapter 3 in particular. And you will have to agree with me that God wants his people to be prosperous and have good success. So this fact, the following scriptures clearly explains. As I'm going to read now from Malachi chapter 3 verses 7 to 11 which states, Even from the days of your fathers ye have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me. And I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But he said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet he have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So that was Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. So brethren, that which has been shared so far, you may refuse to believe. But if you are foolish enough, these truths to receive, God's abundant blessings you shall surely receive. Now, let us move on to the New Testament to see whether God now delights in our being sickly and poverty-stricken or whether he wants us to be righteous, healthy, and prosperous. So, for those who take delight in echoing the virtues of Christians being poor, I'll simply refer them to one of Jesus' teaching sermons and let them hear how he deliberated on this perplexing prosperity question. And the following, therefore, was Jesus' answer in reply to Peter's concern that he and his colleagues had left all to follow him in their generation. So, I'll be reading from Luke chapter 18, verses 29 to 30. And it goes like this. 
Verily I say unto you, there is no man that had left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time, and in the world to come, life everlasting. So that's Luke chapter 18, verses 29 to 30. So this brethren is Jesus' response to all pro-poverty Christian activists and should be enough to settle this issue for all times. And yet, this controversy rages on. Now the Apostle Paul, who was ordained to teach the Gentiles the way of the Lord, wrote the following in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, which states, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And time since, we all know from the scriptures that Jesus was not poor spiritually. For the word says, God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him, as John chapter 3 verse 34 states. But concerning the acquisition of material positions, Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 8 verse 20, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man had not where to lay his head. From this verse, therefore, we know that Jesus, who owned it all, became poor so that he could teach us how to live victoriously over sin, sickness, and poverty. Moreover, in the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians, we have recorded for us one of the keys to obtaining victory over poverty. This anyone can see from the following scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, which states, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now, I am not at all saying that if a Christian is poor, that it is an indication that that individual is living in sin, not such a thing. For it could be that that one is simply lazy, or there may be some other salient reason that is not sin-related at all. However, for those who believe that it is God's will for Christians to be poor, I am simply asking you to consider carefully what the Apostle John had to say on that important issue. So the following is what he would have said to you in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. It states, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Remember also that it was Jesus who said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, meaning the necessities of life, shall be added unto you. So that's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Now, Jesus did not say, if you seek to be fanatically religious, these things shall be added unto you. He never said that. What he said was this, seek to understand the principles of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all your material needs shall be added unto you. Brethren, if God says it, you can have it. In closing, brethren, let me appeal even to your common sense. 
if God would prepare all of heaven's glories for you and me, would he not be delighted in our earthly success and prosperity? Well, irrespective of how humble you think yourself to be, once you take a good look at the facts in the inspired book, you would agree with me that God does not take pleasure in you being poor. On the contrary, he has surely taken steps for you to be prosperous and have good success. Two, for David said in Psalm 35 verse 27, let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Moreover, the apostle Paul, in dealing with the issue under review, wrote the following in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, which states, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. So brethren, as I close, from both the Old and New Testaments, God has made it abundantly clear that he desires that his children prosper. However, to prevent us from ending in disaster, he has ordained that we must first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Then we can expect him to supply all our material needs thereafter. Brethren, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and Luke chapter 6 verse 38 are sure words from our Lord and Master that he is committed to seeing that we prosper materially even as our souls prosper in 3 John chapter 1. This too. So, brethren, that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next week again and I will continue, right? And the topic next week I would like to cover is you can have all sufficiency in all things as long as His grace is abounding. So, brethren, have a safe and productive week. Remember, Jesus Christ loves you. I love you. He will be returning soon, and you must prepare yourselves for his return so we can all be with him in this new earth and this new heaven that he has prepared for us. Brethren, strengthen yourselves, surround yourselves with people who are walking righteously, holy in this present time. Brethren, spend time daily reading the word strengthen yourselves in the word because what lies ahead only the word can help us so brethren that's it for now bye